Hello, EV Youth. How you doing? Hello, Jamie. Um, let me tell you about a game of golf I once played. Let me paint a picture for you. The year was 1999. Punk rock was taking over the world. Um, golf was as nerdy a thing as you could ever do in high school, just like it is now. And I was playing golf with my friend. My friend was a Christian. Uh, he's a pretty keen Christian. And we're on the last hole of 18 holes, okay? I was like eight or ten hits ahead of him. Like I had a heap of hits I could use to still beat him. And so I was ready to start putting. We're both on the green. And I line up the shot. And I take my first hit. And it's like heaps gentle. So I go, okay. okay. And I do it again. Like keep stuffing it. And the ball goes past the hole. And I hit it back. And I get frustrated. And I do like the backwards and forwards thing. And I just kind of lose control. And eventually I finally put the ball, ball in the hole. And now my friend's got one shot. If he makes this one shot, he wins the game. If he uses more than one shot, he'll lose the game. But the hole is like 10 metres away. And he's not that good at golf, neither was I. Anyway, he sits there and he lines up the shot. He like hits it and the grass is all slopy, not even that good. It wasn't a good golf course. And it kind of rolls along and it cut, curves along the grass and drops into the hole. I couldn't believe it. Game over, my friend won. Rather than do a victory dance though... He just starts laughing. He just loses his mind. He's not even standing up anymore, doesn't even celebrate the win. He's just laughing. He's on the ground. He's rolling around laughing, laughing, laughing. When I finally got to him, I was like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you laughing? Tell me what's going on. He was like, the whole time we're on the green, I was praying you were going to stuff it. And you did. And then he won the game through the power of prayer. And we made a rule that you weren't allowed to pray in sports anymore after that. But seriously, what is the point of prayer? Is the point of prayer that you'll be able to win your soccer game tomorrow? Not that, not that that season started. You know, is the point of prayer that you'll be able to get through that exam that you're freaking out about, get good marks? Is it that you'll be able to make that girl or guy that you like, like you back? Is that what prayer is about? What things should we pray about? What does a good prayer life look like? Now get this, I'm convinced that one of the most incredible gifts from God And there's lots of good things about being a Christian, but I reckon one of the most incredible gifts from God is prayer. I honestly think that prayer is one of the most incredible privileges that you can experience as a human this side of heaven. But sadly, I reckon heaps of us really don't get what's going on with prayer. See, for you, prayer might be the polite thing you do at dinner, at dinner table with your family and you pray before you eat. It, it might be kind of like this good discipline, good boy, good girl thing you're supposed to do before you go to bed. You know, remember to brush your teeth, wash behind your ears and pray before bed. Um, for you, prayer might even be the thing where you recite the words of this prayer here in this passage. And you might have been taught that at school or something like that. The way you pray is you say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom. You might, that might be what you think of when you think of prayer. If you miss what this passage is saying tonight, you will seriously miss out. The book of James says there's stuff that you don't have because you didn't ask God for it. Prayer really does change stuff. God answers prayer and most importantly, prayer actually changes us. That's what prayer does. And it's a big deal that we get what this passage is saying tonight. God's got some big stuff for us in it. Let's pray to him now and ask that he do that. Let's pray. Father God, we do pray, please, that you would do big things among us tonight. Father, it's so good to know that as we say these words now, they're not just meaningless words going off to nowhere. We thank you that you hear us. 
and you respond. And so we pray, Lord, that you would shape us by your word tonight and reveal yourself to us. Amen. All right. We're just going to mainly deal with those verses in the middle where Jesus says, this is how you should pray. That's the bit we're going to cover tonight. And here's the first big thing you're going to see about prayer. It's this. When you pray, you pray to a powerful God who loves us deeply. Look at verse 9. It says, this then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven. So notice two things. First of all, Jesus says we come to God as our Father. If you're a Christian, you come to God like a child who comes to a dad that loves them. Now, I get that a lot of you guys actually have got pretty lousy dads and you don't know what a good dad is like, but a good father's love is an incredible thing. A father wants what's best for their kids, a good father. They have their interests, they have their best interests at heart. They, they want to know what's going on. They're gentle, they're kind. They love their children. And Jesus is saying, when you come to God as a Christian, you come to him as your father. But the other thing to note is that he's our father in heaven. So he's the God who rules the whole world. He's the God who rules the universe. He's the mighty one, the sovereign one who controls every little thing. He, he rules every single outcome, every little thing that is going to happen to you tonight. God is in control of it. And that God deeply loves you. So you think about that for a second. Prayer is approaching the one person in the world who has the power to actually change things and make one thing happen and not the other, it's approaching that powerful one and it's also approaching the one who's that one who loves us. When we pray, we come to a God who loves us but he's powerful to actually do something about it. He's got the power to do what's best for us and he wants what's best for us. That's what prayer is, it's coming to that one. And and for that reason alone, prayer is really incredible that we could come to the one who loves us so deeply and is powerful enough to do something about it. But here's the second thing this passage teaches us. Check us out, check this out. Prayer is about God's purposes in the world. That's what prayer is. See, I reckon our natural bent is actually to pray about ourselves. And so we'll come to God and we'll ask about our lives and friends and school and work or whatever. The, the, The good stuff that's good, we want more of that from God. The bad stuff, we want less of that. That's the kind of stuff we pray about. Now, it's not wrong to pray about ourselves and what's going on in your life. It's not wrong to pray about that. You should. You should come to a God who's powerful to do something about it and He loves you. Well, it makes sense to come to Him and ask Him for anything, right? But in this prayer here, Jesus starts with God. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, I've got a friend growing up, different friend of the other one, who thought that those words were, Our Father in heaven, Harold be your name. It's like as in... God in heaven, Harold's your name. That's what he thought was going on. Did anyone ever think that? Don't be shy. Uh, I'm sure you did. Someone's definitely done it. Anyway, for God's name to be hallowed, not Harold, not healthy Harold, hallowed, it means that people are going to rightly see God. For God's name to be hallowed means seeing how special and holy and good God is. And so this is actually a prayer that God would be glorified. And so that happens as people hear about God and see Him and realise how awesome He is, and it happens as people live their lives in obedience to Him, in response to Him, God's name is hallowed, it's glorified. Next, Jesus prays, your kingdom come. 
This idea of the kingdom of God is a huge idea in Matthew. The kingdom of God, get this, you've got to get this, it is God's saving reign over all things. That's what the kingdom of God is. He's saving reign over the whole world. And so to pray, your kingdom come, is to pray, again, a God-centered prayer about what God's doing in the world and His plans for the world as He rules the world and continues to grow His kingdom by calling more people to follow him. Next, Jesus prays, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May God's will, not my will, may God's will be done in all things. And so Jesus is teaching us here not to just pray for the things we want and what we want to have happen. He's actually saying your prayer life should be dominated by God's purposes. Prayers about what God's doing in the world. Now, I think sometimes we can be quite self-centred prayers, if we're praying at all, that is. Um, Have you ever had a conversation with a self-centred person? You know that person, like, I call these people conversation hijackers, right? So, you're in a conversation and someone's chatting away and you're hearing a good story, they've got something fun to say and you're listening to them and then the conversation hijacker kind of comes in and they grab control of the conversation and crash it into the ground and ruin everything, right? So you're talking to this friend and they're like, and then the snake was halfway up my leg and it was going to bite me. And the conversation hijacker walks in, bang. Oh, that's nothing. Once a snake bit me on the eyeball. You're like, they've always got something bigger and better than whatever it is you want to say. The conversation hijacker's problem is they're interested in talking about themselves. Well, I think we can be self-centered prayers, We're concerned about our stuff, our lives, what's going on for us. But Jesus shows us here that there's bigger and better stuff to pray about. Not that we can't pray about what's going on in our lives. We should pray about your life. But pray this sort of prayer, the prayer that's actually centred on God's purposes. So the reality is, I reckon what you pray about, it shows what you value. The things you pray about just show you what you care about. So if you're someone who does pray, just take a moment, think about the things you've prayed about in the last week. Whatever those things were, it's probably the stuff that you care about, it's the stuff you value. Growing to maturity as a Christian means that your life will be dominated by what God's doing in the world. You'll be caught up in what He's on about and so pray prayers like this. Pray prayers that God would be glorified, that His will would be done, that His kingdom would grow and move forward and more people hear about Him. Pray prayers that are on about what God's on about. And they're the kind of prayers He loves to answer. He delights to answer those prayers. But as I said a second ago, that isn't to say that we shouldn't pray about our stuff and what's going on for us as well. Because here's the third thing to see in this passage. Prayer is also about our daily needs. Check out verse 11. Give us today our daily bread. That's a prayer for our daily needs. Daily bread's a funny way to talk, right? But so when I go to the shops, I go to the shops, I'm like, I want food for the week. So I buy what food I want and I go home and put it in my house and it stays there till I ate it. And if I didn't buy enough food for the week, I can always get more money out or whatever and buy more food. I just buy what I need when I want it, shove it in the cupboard. For these guys, food and money was a day-to-day thing. So what would happen is you'd only have enough money to buy food for the next day and then you'd go to work the next day, you'd get your money at the end of the day and you'd buy food for the very next day. If something went wrong, you didn't get paid or whatever, you didn't have food the next day. So this is a prayer for daily needs. This is a prayer of dependence on God that says, God, unless you answer, I'm not eating tomorrow. Please supply what I need. Now we're in a very different situation to that, aren't we? probably not a prayer you've prayed recently, God, please give me food to eat tomorrow or the the clothes I need on my back. We're so used to having all the things we need, 
We don't often depend on God or even acknowledge that he is the one who gave us those things in the first place. Jesus says, give thanks to God and pray to him and depend on him for the things you need. Uh, and, that, and that involves things beyond food and clothes. Whatever's going on in life, if you need it, pray for it and trust God. Check out verse 12, forgive us our debts or forgive us our sins is what that's saying. Jesus is telling us to be people who confess our sin to God, bring it to God. I think often we can think about prayer as really the times that we come to God and ask Him for all the stuff that is needed, whether it's, you know, God-centered things or stuff for us. But prayer is also about confession, coming to God and saying sorry for what we've done and asking for forgiveness and knowing that in Jesus you have forgiveness. And the next bit in that sentence says, forgive us our sins as we have forgiven our debtors or the people that have sinned against us. Um, that's a funny thing there. Is that saying that God's only going to forgive us for our sin if we're really good at forgiving other people's sin? Is that what that's saying? Now, I talked a bunch about this at Night of Vila a few days ago. You can look it up online. But I think what's going on here is Jesus is saying, those who are truly forgiven by God will necessarily be the kind of people who will go and forgive others. It's a part of our identity as Christians, as forgiven ones, that that drives us to go and forgive others as well. Verse 13 says, Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This is a prayer that God would save us from Satan. I don't know what your week looked like, but I wonder if you are conscious of the fact that there's a guy out there called the devil who's real... And you need to be praying that God would spare you from him, that he would deliver you from Satan, help you to resist him and, and, and follow the Lord. These things are all prayers that we can pray in the day-to-day of our life for the stuff that you need. Jesus' stuff says, if you've got things you need, come to God and ask him for it. It's good to pray about anything in life, right? And so is school really hard at the moment? Is it just a train wreck? Well, then pray about it. Are you really lonely? Do you need friends? Pray about it. Are you depressed or anxious? Pray about it. Talk to God about it. Are you keen on this girl or that guy? One of you a while ago came and asked me, am I allowed to like pray that like a girl would like me? I'm like, yeah, man, you can pray that if you want. Pray about it. You can. You can pray about that stuff. And it's not as if if you pray for something like dumb, God's going to be like, yep, it's yours. And then you're going to be like, oh, no, that was a bad prayer and I shouldn't have prayed that. And now God gave me the thing that, like, God knows what he's doing, right? He's not going to give you something that's going to be terrible for you because you asked for it and got it wrong, right? So just pray about it. That's cool. Pray that God would provide for you in these things. Pray that he would forgive you. Come to him in confession. Ask that he deliver you from Satan. Pray about the day-to-day of your life. Guys, no matter what it is, seriously, you can come to God and ask him for it. And he knows best and he'll answer as in the best way possible. He loves to hear your prayers and he's powerful to answer them. I reckon to not use the gift of prayer, if you're a Christian, is just crazy. It's seriously crazy. Like imagine like a little kid who's like still super excited about Christmas, like they're this tall, and it's Christmas Day and they come down in the morning, there's like this tree stacked with presents, more stuff than they could ever buy for themselves in the next year. And that little kid's just like, eh, mom, dad, I don't know if, like, I know you bought me some good stuff. I can, he's a strange little kid that's talking like this, right? But he's like, uh, you've clearly bought me some nice things all wrapped up under the tree there. I reckon I'll just take a pass on presents this year. It looks like a lot of work unwrapping it. Meh, no presents for me, thanks. Chuck them out if you want. Like, no little kid would say that about Christmas presents, right? It's just, if it's Christmas, dude, open your presents. If you're a Christian, 
Just pray. It's that good. It's a good gift. Open it up. Get into it. Pray. And here's the last huge thing you've got to see about prayer tonight. And this seriously is big. So get this. Ultimately, prayer is actually about Jesus. This prayer here in front of us is about Jesus. Let me show you this in the Bible. We're going to jump around a little bit as we do that. The verses are going to be up on the screen, so you can follow on up on the screen. I won't read them all, but it shows you what's going on. See, hallowed be your name. Where is God's name most glorified? Well, God is actually most glorified when Jesus goes to the cross. That's when you see the true goodness of who God is, because His name is actually about His justice and His forgiveness. And so in John chapter 12, Jesus is looking to the cross, right? And He looks forward and He prays this prayer. He says, My soul is troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify Your name. As Jesus stares down the barrel of going to the cross, He says, God, glorify your name. And that's what he did on the cross. The cross shows us the justice and the mercy of God. It shows us his glory. And so at the cross, God hallows his name. Next, Jesus prays, your kingdom come. Now, when does that happen? How does God's kingdom come? Well, Jesus brings the kingdom. He's the king of the kingdom. Remember a few chapters ago in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus starts preaching and it says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God has come near. And so when Jesus turned up in the world, he's saying the kingdom's near because I'm here. And it'll come in its fullness when he goes to the cross, dies, rises again and returns to judge the world. Jesus brings the kingdom of God. This is a prayer for Jesus. Next he says, may your will be done. Now, in the broader sense, God's will is done in everything. In some ways, you don't need to pray that prayer because nothing's going to happen that isn't God's will. But what's the climax of God's will, the big picture of where all of history has been headed? What's the big thing that God's been doing in this world over the years? Well, it's Jesus. His death, His resurrection. It's the cross. Look at what Jesus says before he, before he goes to the cross again. He's about to pray, going a little farther. He, he fell to his face to the ground and he prayed, My Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Now that cup is an image, right? It's the image of a cup filled with the anger of God at our sin. And he's saying, Father, if I don't have to drink that, that's what I want. I, I don't want to take the, take the cup from me. I'd rather not face this. I don't want to go to the cross. Yet not as I will but as you will. And we know what happened, don't we? He went to the the cross and he drank the cup to the very bottom. He took every drop of God's anger at our sin on himself as he died to save us. And so once again, that's a prayer for Jesus. The next line, give us today our daily bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life and he meets our most important need as he goes to the cross and he pays for our sin with his body, which is the next line of the the prayer actually, forgive us our sins. Again, this is a prayer that's answered in Jesus. How are our sins forgiven? Through Jesus who went to the cross. And finally, he says, deliver us from the evil one, deliver us from Satan. 
Now, how do you get saved from Satan? What protects you from him? Well, Satan's biggest weapon in the Bible is actually that he's the one who accuses us. And so he points to your sin and he says, see that? Look what they did. God, what are you going to do about that? You're just, aren't you? And he's the accuser before God. He points out our sin. But in Revelation chapter 12, it says that Satan's great weapon is dashed to pieces. Satan himself is cast down because we're covered by the blood of Jesus. And so Satan is smashed to pieces. He's destroyed at the cross. And so once again, this here is a prayer for Jesus. It's a prayer for the cross. And so what do you do with that? What do you do with all of this? Well, first of all, if you're someone who's not become a Christian yet, you're still working out what you want to do with this, you've got to get this. The most important prayer you could ever pray is the prayer where you come to God and you ask for forgiveness in Jesus. It's the most important prayer you'll ever pray. It might be the first one you pray, and all the other ones are going to be great that follow, but the one that matters more than anything else is that you'd come to God and you'd say, God, forgive me for my sin, be my Lord and be my Saviour. That's a prayer that every single person in this room needs to pray. You've got to come to God, you've got to put your trust in Him. Have you done that? Have you found forgiveness in Jesus? Because that matters more than anything else. Secondly though, what does it mean for you if you're a Christian already? Well, remember we saw earlier that what you pray about shows a lot about what you care about, what your life is actually about. Things you spend your time praying for is probably what your life's about. Just reverse that logic for a second. If the way that Jesus tells us to pray here in Matthew 6 is actually a prayer that's all about Him, what does that say the point of life is? What does that mean the whole point of life is? If what you pray about shows what you're really on about and what the world's on about, when Jesus says, pray about me, pray that these things would happen in me as I go to the cross and return to judge, what that means is that the whole world, the whole of history is actually about Jesus. For Jesus to say, here's how you should pray and make it all about him, is him saying, life is about me. Life is about Jesus. It's through Jesus that God's most glorified. That's what the point of life is. And so guys, live like that's the case, that life really is about Jesus and pray like that's the case as well. Pray the way Jesus has taught us to. And so, guys, pray prayers that look back to the cross and thank God and praise God for what he's done in Jesus. Pray prayers now that are about what Jesus is doing in the world as his kingdom comes and continues to grow as people hear about him and Satan is continued to be defeated by the word of the gospel. Pray Christ-centered prayers now and pray Christ-centered prayers looking forward to the future. Be someone who actually prays that Jesus would come back that his kingdom would come in its fullness. Let's pray that kind of prayer now. Let's pray. Our Father God, we thank you so much that we can come to you and right now call you Father. Such a miracle that we could call on you like that and we praise you for that. God, please help us to be people who pray about stuff that really matters. I pray that we wouldn't do that out of kind of feeling guilty or obligation, but I pray you'd actually work in our lives so that the things that you want are the things that we want. 
So please do a work in our hearts to make us like you. And Father, I pray that we really would be people of prayer. Father, I pray that the things that we do and the the prayers that we pray on our own in quiet places in our lives, I pray that you'd be changing the world around us through those prayers. Father, I pray that you'd make EV Youth a place that loves to come to you in prayer. And, And Father, please, as individuals, make us people who do that all the time. And we pray that all of that would really be for our joy and your glory. Amen.